Hey, I want to thank you for checking out uh, the sermons at Coastal Community Church online. And uh, we are really happy to make these available to you uh, for your spiritual nourishment. But one of the things we have a deep conviction of is that we hope that these sermons are a supplement to your spiritual growth, but also a supplement to you having a home church. And so if uh, you do not live in this area, we would really encourage you uh, to join with a local church where you can serve the Lord together alongside of other believers. Uh, if you don't have a local church and you live in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love to have you check out Coastal Community Church. We have uh, three services, uh, 815, 945, and 1115, and we'd love for you to join us at one of those services. Good morning, Coastal. Great to see you guys this morning. Um, do me a favor, if you have your Bible, turn with me to Hebrews 2. And we're going to continue in our series. I'm going to actually take about 10 minutes, though, and do a little bit of administrative work. So you're going to have to bear with me. And there's a handout in your bulletin. You can follow along with me. And uh, while you're kind of getting all that out, um, I'm going I'm to guide us, okay, and, and lead us in, in our next couple weeks, okay? So here it is. You ready? We're anticipating meeting in our new building next week. All right? So that's where we're going. And, uh, and so, um, and so how are we going to do that? So you got to, you got to really pay attention. Um, and, and because communication, as I've learned in marriages can be difficult. Okay. So, uh, sometimes you think you've communicated and you haven't. So here's what we're going to be doing. All right. Next week we're, is not going to be a full blown typical coastal worship service. Next week's going to be what we call a preview service. All right. And, uh, and so, uh, we anticipate getting our certificate of occupancy from the County about midweek. That's our goal. There's really, uh, Andrew, one more inspection, two more inspections. I forget now. Oh, well, never mind. I won't tell that many. Uh, there's a few more inspections yet that we need to get, and we are anticipating them by the end of the week. Okay. And so we really would like to worship there. We wouldn't be announcing this if we thought we weren't going to get the them, but you never know, okay? And so we've worked very, really closely with the county. We think we'll be able to finalize them this week. Um, and so with that being midweek, there's not a lot of time for us to, to get in there and really prepare, but we do want to worship there if we have our occupancy. So here's the goal, okay? We're going to do a preview service. We're going to do one service, and it's going to be at 10 o'clock, okay? What time? 10 o'clock. Everybody got that, okay? And so we're going to pack into the worship area. Uh, there's not going to be a children's ministry. We're all going to just worship in there together. Yes, I'm aware that's going to be very tight, okay? Uh, so it's going to be a short service. We're going to sing some songs together. I'm going to say a few words, uh, and then we're going to kind of dismiss and walk around the building and, and pray and thank the Lord for our new place of worship, okay? As a preview service, I really want you to hear me on this. You'll probably never hear me say this from the front again, okay? As a preview service, this is not an invite your friends Sunday, all right? It is not an invite your friends Sunday. So this is for the church body, okay? And this is for us to, to really thank the Lord, praise the Lord, and pray that that building will be used as a, as a tool uh, for ministry. This really is for the church body. And the, those of you who say, this is my home church, all right? Um, so I want you to bring two things next week when you attend the preview service, all right? Number one, I want you to bring your Reach 3 card. I've been passing these out for years. These are the people you've been praying for, okay? We're going to use these cards as an opportunity to pray and say, God, use this new location to bring people to Jesus Christ that don't yet know Jesus Christ, okay? The second piece I want you to bring is, I think it's called a Mancala stone, all right? This is what you, am I saying that right? Or is it Macala? Anyway, this is the, I want you to bring this. You got this when you made your pledge, right? How many of you remember that one? 
We started the Beyond series. I want you to bring that now. Maybe you joined in the middle of the Beyond campaign. Maybe you came to Coastal within the last year and you've been giving to the Beyond series. Come next week, we'll have some extras for you, okay? Uh, or maybe, you know, you joined somewhere in the middle or maybe you didn't make a pledge on Pledge Sunday, but you've been giving, whatever. This is for those of you who have helped make this happen financially, all right? And this was your reminder to your pledge. And so you bring that. We're going to collect that at the end. And then at the grand opening in September, we're going to use this to make a piece that's going to be a centerpiece in our new chapel, our prayer chapel, okay? Uh, so this is your week to bring that. And I want you to bring that that week, okay? Um, so why are we doing a preview service? Well, it gives us an opportunity to get organized at, shortly after we get our CO, okay? There's going to be a lot of systems that we wouldn't have in place next Sunday, like children's check-in, parking, and all that. And so we really could use another week to do that. Now, there is a tremendous challenge to doing one service, all right? And I'm sure you can figure that out, right? What's going to be the big challenge in doing one service? Parking, right? Okay, parking's going to be our big challenge. And so we've already talked to Chick-fil-A. We can use some of their parking lot, and we're going to use some of that parking lot uh, kind of at the high end of the Kroger and the Kmart area, okay? And so uh, we're going to be running shuttles. And so, you know, I really need you guys to be thinking about coming early, 15, 20 minutes early probably, um, and wear some comfortable shoes, okay? Because we're not even sure we're going to have all of our chairs, okay? We do have about 400 chairs, but our, the ones we're going to be using permanently are, are on order. Um, and so, you know, we're going to stand throughout the service. So wear comfortable shoes. And, um, and if you're used to driving two cars, if you can carpool, okay, or come together, it's a great, really, it's a great week to do that. And it's going to be standing room only. Now, I may look back on this in years to come and go, well, that was really a dumb idea to try to worship in one service. I'm hopeful not. And here's why I want to do it. Here's why I want to do it, church. This may be your last time to ever gather as Coast Community Church in one room together as a body. I, I don't know. I can't, I'm just trying to think, is there another opportunity to do that? I don't know. I mean, we're talking about doing campuses and that's number one. Number two, I want you to look around the room next week and we talked about this during the Beyond series, that in order to move, to relocate, we all had to link arms together, right? And so I just want you to look, look around the room and go, these are all the people I linked arms with. I think, I think it's going to be a really a really amazing moment for us as a church, okay? So the, we've got to work out the logistics to make that happen. And so, and so I hope you plan on coming, all right? So uh, the question then is, when can I invite my friends? You may be going, you know, how many of y'all in the community, someone goes, when y'all getting in that building? How many, you get that almost every week, right? Okay, so here's what you can say. Okay, Mother's Day is May 8th. Okay, Mother's Day. So when someone asks you that, hey, come Mother's Day. Mother's Day is our first week in that building. Okay, and, and the reason we're saying Mother's Day, if you already kind of know your calendar, right? You know, well, the next week's April 24th, then there's May 1, and then there's May 8th. May 8th is Mother's Day. May, that gives us some, bar some buffer time with gulp. We didn't get our CO this week, all right? And so it gives us another week to do a preview service, get our systems in order uh, before Mother's Day. So when someone asks you, you just tell them, hey, Mother's Day was when that building opens, all right? Um, so... So with that said, when uh, May 1st, when we get into our new building, uh, service times will be 9.15 and 11, right? Everybody got that? 9.15 and 11. Those will be, so we're going to merge from three services down to two services. And, uh, and then Mother's Day will be a great week uh, for you guys to, to, to invite your neighbors, invite your friends, all right? And then we're going to do a grand opening in the fall. And that's where we're going to take time to thank a lot of people. We're going to have a ribbon, ribbon cutting and uh, thank a many many people that made, made this possible. And, and you're going to see next week when you get in there, there's still some unfinished places, right? And so we're going to want to, we're going to want to finish it over the summer. We're going to finish the job. Now, <clears throat> 
I need you guys to stay in close communication with Coastal, meaning if sometime during this week we find out, oh, no, we're not getting our certificate of occupancy, okay, we're going to post it on the website, email. It's all going to be electronic, Facebook. Okay, so stay in tune, texting, if you're part of our texting service. So you really need to stay in close communication this week because I won't get another opportunity to stand in front of you all between now and next Sunday, okay? Is that clear? All right, everybody with me on that, all right? Uh, I want to reiterate what um, Pastor Jeff said during the announcements. Our offices will be closed this week, okay? It doesn't mean we're not here to serve the body pastorally, okay? You can connect by calling the phone number, get info. There are two, uh, is the email, get info is the best way to contact us. We're here pastorally, but man, there's going to be a lot of transition. If you've been down the office wing, you know, a lot of that's already moved out. Uh, and so there's just a lot of transition. Remember last week I used the word flexible, and we're going to need to continue to be flexible probably for several weeks, okay? Because there's a lot of logistics and transitioning. So, um, so yeah, if you need emergency help, you need a pastor, we are certainly here to serve the body, okay? Now, let me take a moment, because I, I, you're probably sinking into your heart and mind, like, this might be the last Sunday here, right? And uh, so it's funny, when I was back in the worship team before we prayed, and there was that initial thing of, hey, we're moving next week, and it was exciting, and then it kind of sunk in, like, oh, wait a minute, this is a transition, you know? And uh, so I want to do something this morning, and I'm going to kind of make some statements, and I'm going to want you to stand if this statement fits you, and I want you to remain standing, and and we're just going to take a moment to thank the Lord for what He's done through the church ministries here in this location, okay? So if you're here this morning, and uh, you were a part of helping us move from the school to here, okay, in this location, and you gave your time, talent, and treasure uh, to make that happen. Would you do me a favor? Would you stand? Anybody in the room? And stay standing. Don't sit down. Okay, great. Awesome. All right. If you're in this room this morning and uh, you gave your life to Christ through, again, it's not this this is just a tool, but in this location, if something happened here, a service, a youth ministry, a missions opportunity, you gave your life to Christ, or you stood up in front of this church body and you were baptized in this location, would you do me a favor? Would you stand and stay standing? Pretty cool, right? Um, if you're in this room, this, this might be a stretch, but it would be really cool. If, there, if you're in this room and there's someone that you were praying for to receive Christ or reconnect with God, and that happened in this location, would you stand? Anybody? Okay. Um, if you're, if you, uh, okay, now a couple late standers on that one. That's amazing. That's great. That's great stuff. Um, if you dedicated your child uh, to raising your child in the things of the Lord in one of our children, parent-child dedications, would you stand? Cool. Awesome. Um, if uh, you probably, at this point, you may already be standing, but if, if you took part of a wedding or even a funeral where you take some time to um, put some words around the life of a saint of God in this building, would you stand? Amazing, amazing. See, these are um, these are spiritual things, right? That the that the building gets used for. And you know, I look around the room, and I'm awed, right? And then half of us are, you know, standing. And my hope is, as we relocate, you know, God will again do this again, you know, with our community and our. So let's do this. Everybody, have a seat. Thank you for standing. And I'm going to lead us in some prayer. So I'm just going to ask everybody to bow your head and and close your eyes and and um, 
you know, I'm going to give you a couple prayer points as we thank the Lord for the use of this great building. I'm so grateful that another church is moving in here and the gospel is going to continue to be preached. And so, uh, so let's do this. Let's pray, okay? So let's start by just thanking the Lord for the souls that have been saved in this location as the word of God and the gospel of Christ was preached. Let's thank the Lord for the people who have been ministered to here. They're believers, but their hearts and their souls were encouraged to keep going and journeying in the faith. Let's thank the Lord for the new ministries that were started in this location. I know the food ministry comes to my mind. There's probably others I've forgotten. But let's thank the Lord for the new ministries that have been birthed up through the body of Christ in this location. Let's take a minute and thank the Lord for the times that... um, the ministries of this church body encouraged you to keep going, falling hard after Christ, even when, when things were difficult. Let's thank the Lord for that there's another church moving in here. And that the gospel of Christ is going to continue to be preached here. Pray for the mount. Let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, um, this is a transition day, you know. It's, uh, it's, I think it's hit me a couple times this week, you know. There's been... Uh, um, there's been a lot of lives touched for the gospel of Christ here. And uh, we are grateful, Lord. We're grateful for this location. A lot of people emptied a lot of time, talent, and treasure to help us minister here. And now you know, we've done the same thing to relocate. And, and uh, Lord, we just we give you praise for all of it. We give you thanksgiving. We, we move in anticipation of continuing to uplift the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, with that said, God, there's, there's certain locations that, that because you met with us in that spot, God, it has a, a, a special sense to us. And so in some regard, we're, we're leaving a place, too, that, that uh, is special to us. And... Whether we reconnected with you here, we were baptized in this spot, we were married here, we we said goodbye to a loved one through a funeral or memorial service, God, um, maybe dedicated a child to to growing to know you, God, and um, so we're just grateful for the tool that you've given us to do ministry and to connect with you. And so uh, we transition in anticipation of the great things you're going to do for the gospel, God. I've been struck as I'm studying Hebrews, Lord, just how great Jesus is and how much I want others to know him, Lord. In this church, that's where its heart beats. And there's been a lot of 
energy is poured into relocating, but God, our, the reason we've dumped our energies into this, God, is we want Christ to be exalted. We want children to be raised in the Lord. We want loved ones that, that die to know that they've died in Christ. And so to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And, and we just want the message of the gospel of hope to go out into our community, God, a community that has, is dark and it, people are lost and they're without purpose. And we know that the gospel holds the, the message of hope and joy and purpose, reconciliation with our creator, Lord. And so as we transition, God, we transition with mixed emotions, but we transition in anticipation that the gospel is going to radically change lives. And God, we get to be a small part of that, and that excites us. And so thank you for that opportunity. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. That was more emotional for me than I anticipated. All right. I didn't, I didn't see have emotions here in my notes. Um, so... Yeah, so let's transition. We're going to preach the word this morning. I, we were uh, we were packing up on Thursday, I believe it was. We're packing the offices, and my wife. Um, I'm not a big Facebooker. Uh, apparently, Facebook reminds you of the things that you have posted on that day in previous years. Is that true? How weird is that? So that's what it does, I guess. And so she had posted six years ago to the day, on the day we were moving furniture, that we were moving into this building. She had posted a picture, and, and so she kind of reposted that. And that was pretty amazing that six years ago we had, were transitioning here, and six years later we're transitioning out. So, uh, so thank the Lord, all right? And here's what we're thankful about. We're thankful about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And uh, I do want to take some time and preach this morning, okay? And I'll, I'll move quickly because I know I've taken a lot of time in our transition, our prayer. I, uh, the, over um, spring break, we went up to um, Pittsburgh where my father-in-law uh, coaches so uh, the P Pittsburgh Riverhounds, a soccer team up there, and we watched his opening game. It was weird that we went north for spring break and it snowed two days. I feel like spring should be warmer than that. But uh, while we were driving, um, this little engine, this light came on on our van, and I said to my wife, I said, well, what is that? And she's like, oh, that's on all the time. It's about the tire pressure, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't really think anything of it. She usually drives the vehicle, drove all the way up there, drove all the way back. And about midweek, we were in the parking lot up here at the new building. And I was like, whoa, our tire's flat, you know? It was, it was real low. And, and I went over and, and I realized that I had just driven my family uh, seven and a half hours one way, seven and a half hours back on dry rotted tires, right? And uh, man, I, I was like, Lord, I'm so thankful you kept us safe, you know? I mean, something could have happened. And, and, just, and it made me realize that just uh, not giving attention to, to something, in, in some ways it's a small detail, is making sure your car tires are safe and, and well-maintained could have had a big implications. You know, last week we talked about that Christ is, is greater than all things, and he's to be exalted in our lives and that we connect to him in salvation by grace through faith, the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so the author of Hebrews now transitions from Christ being greater than the angels to the so what? 
And what you're going to see this morning, and by the way, this is going to be a theme throughout this letter. You're going to hear it over and over again. And you got to remember the context is written to people that are leaving the faith because it's getting difficult, because it's getting hard. And so the author of Hebrews here says, you need to pay attention to, the, to your salvation. Like, don't treat your salvation lightly, but it's a daily pursuit that you need to pay close attention to. Don't think of it as a minor detail. Because dry rotted tires could have made a big difference in the Brown family if I had overseen it and God had not protected us. And so I want to encourage you. I want you to leave here this morning with a sense of, man, I need to pay close attention to this great gift of salvation that God has given me as we lift up Christ because salvation is found in him and him alone. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 1. The author says, so we must listen very carefully to the truth that we have heard or we may drift away from it. I'm going to stop with verse one right now. And we may drift away from the faith. Literally, the idea here is to pay attention to your salvation. Pay attention to your salvation. And the idea even goes a little further than that. It's to give it active attention to be actively giving attention to the fact that you're a Christian, that you've acknowledged Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. This is, this is not mere intellectual assent to the gospel. You know, one of the dangers of, of, of you know, hearing the gospel over and over is you, you, you know the words to regurgitate if someone were to ask you if you're a Christian. This is a heart thing. This is a mind thing. This is an attention thing, you know, to, to make sure that you're giving active attention to the, to the person and the work of Jesus Christ, that your heart is captivated in worship to Christ. And the author of Hebrews says, we need to pay active attention so that we don't, we don't drift away. You know, and probably we all in this room have known somebody or seen many, I've seen many, many Christians or people make claims to be Christians only to fade away. It's not a perseverance thing. We're going to get into that and we tackled chapter three, okay? But it's not a perseverance to the end of the journey. Matthew 13, Jesus talks about this in the sower and the seed, right? The seed is sown. Some spring up, it looks like it's a Christian, but... The heat comes and it fades away. Our faith in Christ and our holding to the truth is something we cannot drift from. We have to give it due attention. And by the way, you know, this gets really trite at Coastal sometimes. And maybe I make it trite because I talk about it so much, you know. But I, I, I want to I give you some handles, right? We use the phrase connect, grow, and serve. We use that over and over and over. Why do we, like, that's serious business, Connect is to be a part of corporate worship regularly. Why? So that we're paying attention to this gift of salvation. And grow is to be in small group, to be, to be surrounded by other believers that encourage you in your faith. Why? So that we pay attention to salvation, so that we take this journey from beginning to end. And serve is so that we serve the Lord and we serve others. And something happens when we're giving of ourselves. We need to pay attention to our salvation. Back to Coastal, we call that membership. We call our members to commit to these things. We're going to talk about, I'm going to tie this in again in, in a couple weeks, but you know, membership at Coastal is about you saying, hey, I submit myself to the leadership of, of, of the church so that they take seriously holding me accountable to the fact that I have committed my life to Christ and seeing that through beginning then. That's what that is. 
It's this active attention to our salvation. And sometimes we, we think this is a minor thing, church. We take this lightly. It's a tack on at the end of our week. I'm just going to attend Sunday morning. No, this is an active attention to my commitments to Jesus Christ. In fact, the author goes on to say, listen, here's, here's why we have to give active attention to this. And he gives some reasons why we should be serious in accepting Christ as our Savior. This needs to be a serious part of our life. He says it's because, number one, there's a coming judgment. Right? There's a coming judgment according to the Scriptures. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, For the message God delivered through the angels has always stood firm, and every violation of the law and every act of disobedience was punished. So what makes us think that we can escape if we ignore this great salvation that was first announced by the Lord Jesus himself and then delivered to us by those who heard him speak? The author of Hebrews saying, listen, we would be foolish to not consider that God is serious about sin and rebellion. He's always dealt with it. He dealt with it with the angels. He's going to deal with it with man. He has never, as this author points out in Hebrews, he's never and he will never be inconsistent with his character. And, and we, we're going to stand in the presence of God. If we stand on our own volition, we're going to stand there condemned as violators of the law and the character of God. And what we deserve is judgment. And the only way that we can stand in, in God's presence and not be consumed as sinners is to be clothed in the righteousness of Christ, which is granted to us by grace alone through faith alone when we repent and believe in the person and work of Jesus Christ. You know, this, this idea that all roads lead to heaven is not a biblical idea. This idea that you get up here and you preach on judgment, you know, it's in our culture, it's just, it's not seeker friendly. But I think part of the problem with America, why our Christianity is so lukewarm and so watered down, is the preachers have stopped calling us to consider the time we stand before God. And it is terrifying apart from Christ. And the author of Hebrews is abundantly clear, man. If you want to be saved, you want to be saved from the penalty of your sin. If you want to be saved from coming judgment, if you want to be saved from the wrath of God, it is in the person of Jesus Christ alone. And it, we should consider that seriously. Give active attention to that. It's, it's interesting to me that, that really, in some regard, Jesus saves us from God's judgment. <laughs> right? He saves us from what we deserve. The author goes on to say, secondly, that we should accept Jesus because his ministry, his person, and his work was confirmed by God himself. God confirmed his message. How? By giving signs and wonders and various miracles, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Whenever he chose, this, these various inbreakings of God into the natural world, ultimately found in Christ, 
confirm the message of Christ. We talked about this in the Gospel of John. When I went through the Gospel of John, why were all these miracles surrounding Jesus? To confirm him and affirm that he was the special one. He was the Messiah. He was the unique one sent from God that we should believe in, trust in for salvation. And he gives gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're by God. And they authenticate that Jesus is the only way to God. I could preach a whole message right now on the gifts of the body. Each of you as a follower of Jesus have a spiritual gift to be used in the local church. Why is it to be used? To authenticate the gospel message, right? It's been really neat in this relocation process, you know, to see just some of y'all with your unique talents and your unique gifting serve the Lord generously. Coastal Community Church, and, and I look at that, and I step back, and, and there's times I'm wowed by it, and sometimes I even feel a twinge of guilt because some of you are giving so much, and then I realize, no, you're doing it so that the gospel message will be lifted up, so that the community will have hope. I hope that's why you're doing it, right? And I'm sure it is. It's an act of worship. We've been given gifts. You know, I love, uh, I'm super proud of my kids, right? And one of the things, whenever I don't know someone, you know, and you want to, if you want to make some conversations with someone, really get to know someone, like the easiest question to any parent is, so tell me about your kid, right? We can't help ourselves. Oh, 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 you know, my kid, you know, is special and off we go, right? And I always have loved the baptism of Christ. And I feel like God, the Heavenly Father, like, couldn't help himself. Like, Jesus is baptized, and the heavens part, right? He's like, let me tell you about my kid, right? Matthew 3, 16, it says, After his baptism, Jesus came up out of the waters, and the heavens were open. The Spirit of God descended like a dove sitting on him. And this voice from heaven, it's like a proud father, you know, with offering the greatest gift that he could give his creation. This is my dearly loved son, and he brings me great joy. The message and the ministry of Christ affirmed by God himself, the creator. Man. Church, don't take your salvation lightly. Jesus is the only way. Second thing I want you to see here is that Jesus, this, this, this Savior that has offered us, the author of Hebrews reminds us that, that he's greater than, but in this instance, he, he's the one we believe in. Why? Because he, Jesus is the perfect one to identify with his people. We hinted at this at the end of last week's message, but Jesus, Jesus is not a distant Savior, but rather he identifies with the people he has been sent to save. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 what do we see in Jesus who, who was given a position a little bit lower than the angels? And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Verse, I can't read that. Verse 11, all right. God for whom and through whom everything was made chose to bring many children to glory. And it was only right that he should make Jesus through suffering a perfect leader fit to bring them to their, into their salvation. Jesus identifies with humanity. He's the perfect savior. We're going to get to that in a minute. He's, he identifies with humanity. How? By taking on flesh. 
for the season, Philippians chapter 2. You know, you can read that for yourself. He identifies, he becomes a little lower than the angels. And it's a quotation from Psalm chapter 8, reminding us that of the placement of humanity in the order of things and God's incredible care and love for humanity. And Jesus identified with humanity by taking on flesh, wrapping himself in, in what he created. Jesus is the perfect substitute for humanity. He tasted death for everyone. As the perfect God-man, Jesus was able to be the perfect sacrifice for sin. Jesus' death is sufficient for all of mankind. Jesus' death is sufficient for all of mankind. Jesus identifies with his people through suffering. Jesus identifies with his people through suffering. I want you to think about this. This is, this is God, the creator, the second person of the Trinity, God's son. How do you identify with us? He suffers. Hebrews 2.10 says, for, for whom and through whom everything was made and chose to bring many, many children to glory, and it was only right that he should make Jesus through suffering a perfect leader. Christ's suffering, I want you to hear this this morning, Christ's suffering and man's salvation are bound together throughout the New Testament. Christ's suffering and your salvation are bound together. The God-man had to suffer as a penalty for sin. And by the way, don't don't misread this verse. It's not that suffering somehow made Jesus perfect, but rather the idea is his suffering was an indispensable piece to the salvation of man. This is how he identified with you and I. He knows what you're going through as well, by the way. We're going to come back to that. He's not a distant Savior. He, He knows what you're going through. Which is why I encourage you this morning and the author encourages you this morning to to see Jesus Christ as the perfect Savior. Jesus Christ is the perfect, it's not your money and it's not your spouse, there's not that special one out there that's going to save you, okay? The perfect Savior is God's Son, Jesus Christ. There's nowhere else you can look to find salvation. The author says that he's the founder of what we believe. Literally, he's the the pioneer. He's the trailblazer. He's the one that's leading the way. A couple Sundays ago when I was in Pittsburgh, my wife was driving and um, we were following my father-in-law to to church. And we're driving, he lives right in downtown Pittsburgh and the highway, you know, there's a reason that area is called the Rust Belt. Everything's old, everything's narrow, okay? And we're following him and and traffic was heavier than we anticipated. And And he was driving like he used to live in New York and we were having a hard time following him, right? And I'm like, we don't know where we're going, you know? Like, we, you better not lose sight, you know? It was, it was kind of crazy, you know, in and out of traffic and, and and, uh, you know, it got me to thinking about this idea that we're a follower of Christ. And I thought, man, how gracious Jesus is in us following him, right? He's patient. He works with us. 
He doesn't get too far ahead, you know, like he's with us. And maybe you're sitting here this morning and you're like, man, I, I don't know what tomorrow brings. I've got a big day tomorrow, whatever your day is tomorrow. I got a big day tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow brings. Want to hear something really cool? Jesus knows what tomorrow brings. And you get to follow him into tomorrow. Isn't that cool? He's leading the way. We connect with him. He's our savior. He's the perfect savior. He's the pioneer of our faith. We get to follow him. Isn't that great? Like maybe you're here and you're like, like we all get nervous about this. Like we get nervous about our mortality. And I don't know what death brings. Want to hear some great news? Jesus knows. He's been there and he's come back. And guess what? We get to follow. He's the pioneer. We get to follow him. And he said that to be absent from the body, according to the apostle Paul, is to be present with the Lord. If we've bowed a knee to the Lordship of Christ. Jesus is the perfect Savior. He's the founder of our faith. He's the pioneer. He's leading us. Jesus is our sanctifier, the passage said. He's our sanctifier. Verse 11, Jesus is the completion and the application of our sanctification. Now, uh, that's a big word, okay? So here's the deal, all right? And what happens is this process of salvation is sometimes we confuse the pieces and it's easy to do when you read your New Testament, okay? But when you become a believer, when you bow beneath the Lordship of Christ, the doctrinal word there is justification. It's a once and for all a legal declaration of your salvation, all right? And, and we do that by repentance, and we do that by faith in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Then there's this time where we are growing as Christians. We, the word we use at Coastal is to develop as authentic followers of Jesus. As you're developing as an authentic follower of Christ, that process is an imperfect process because between the now and not yet of the kingdom, until we get to heaven, we still battle with our flesh. We battle with our sins, but we're now freed up to battle, okay? We used to be dead in our sins. Now we're freed up to do battle. But in that process, sometimes we sin, and there's this process time and sometimes you're like oh man it gets kind of mucky but here's the deal okay that process is called sanctification where we're becoming more and more like Christ and what the passage is saying is the same method that you use to be justified repentance and belief in Christ is the same method you use to grow in Christ to repent and believe in Christ does that make sense it's not like hey I repent and believe in Jesus and now I'm going to go try to be good no, what's going to happen in this process of sanctification is the mirror of the law of God and the character of Christ and the righteousness of God is going to be hold, held up to you. And at times you're going to go, man, I'm still falling short. And there's a promise of God or there's a characteristic of God that I'm not believing. And so I need to repent and I need to believe and grow in my sanctification. Does that make sense? And then the process ends, and there's a whole other sermon, but uh, the process ends with glorification. And Paul, the Apostle Paul, is so sure about our future glorification where we will be perfect and our faith will be saved. He actually uses it as a present tense form. <laughs> like you can see it now because we're in the beginning stages of what God's eventually going to do and our faith will become sight. So Jesus is the sanctifier. It is the gospel message of Jesus Christ from beginning to end. Don't ever lose that. Right? Don't exchange the gospel of Christ for something else. He's the perfect Savior. He's the perfect Savior because He saves us from death. He saves us from death. Hebrews 2 14. Because God's children are human beings made of flesh and blood, 
The son also became flesh and blood for only a human being could die and only by dying could he break the power of the devil who had the power of death. And only in this way could he set free all who have lived their lives as slaves to the fear of dying. Is there anything scarier to the human race than dying? Right? Death is the enemy of humanity. Death is the great equalizer of humanity, right? None of us gets out of this thing alive, rich or poor, smart or intellectually challenged, the accomplished and the unaccomplished. We all succumb to this thing called death physically. And I'm always reminded, right, when, when you know, as my mortality shows up more and more, the older I get, Right? Like yesterday, I was, uh, I was instructed to dust the walls at the new building. And so I spent a couple hours doing this, and my neck was killing me. And I was like, I'm getting old, man. I'm getting old, you know. Why am I getting old? Why's my body breaking down? There's a Bible verse for that. It, makes it reminds me. The wages of sin is what? It's death. It's a wage. I've earned it, right? I've earned it. Is there anything scarier than death? This passage tells us that Jesus has conquered death. Satan has held it as something that we should be afraid of, but Jesus is the victor. Isn't that great news? That's why we celebrate Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday. He has conquered death. And Paul says, oh, death, where is your sting? You've lost. You've met your match. Death has yielded and lost to our Savior, Jesus Christ. Christ as he has conquered death. He's the perfect savior. And finally, he's the perfect savior according to the author of Hebrews because he's also the perfect sympathizer. Hebrews 2.17, therefore it was necessary for him to be made in every respect like us, his brothers and sisters, so that he could be our merciful and faithful high priest before God. And then he could offer a sacrifice that would take away the sins of his people. Since he himself has gone through suffering and testing, he is able to help us when we're being tested. Isn't that good news? Did you come in here today going through a difficult time? So has Christ. Jesus' closeness to our humanity is obvious. Did you come in here this morning bearing the weight of life and it feels unbearable to you? Jesus has been there. Are you suffering hardship that feels like it's beyond measure? Jesus has been there. Do you feel like, man, there's no one on earth that can relate? Listen, there are times where that may even be true what you're going through. You don't know another person who's been through exactly what you've been through. Jesus has been there. He's the perfect savior. This is incredible. The son of God can relate. He's not a distant, uncaring, unconcerned, indifferent savior. He is a savior that can not only empathize, he can sympathize. And he's been there and he's been victorious. And he invites you and me to lean into him trust him when we're being tempted and we're being tested. I, uh, how many of you guys, I'll finish with this. We'll close with prayer this morning. How many of you guys remember an NBA player named Stacy King? How many of y'all remember that name? 
You have to be a big, long-time college NBA fan to remember that name. How many of y'all remember or ever heard of a player named um, Michael Jordan? Anybody remember that name? Yeah, so um, there was one particular night where Michael Jordan scored 69 points for the Chicago Bulls in a victory in that game. And after the game, for whatever reason, Stacey King got an interview And during that interview, it was pointed out that he contributed to the Bulls' win a total of one point, where he missed one free throw and he made the other one in the Bulls' winning effort. And King was quoted as saying, I will never forget this as the night that me and Michael combined for 70 points. Of course, that is funny and intended to be sarcastic. There is some... I think it's a great illustration to remind us of what happens when we stick closely to Christ. Except the scripture is clear, we don't even bring a full point, so don't push it too far, right? We bring nothing, but nonetheless, I think the illustration has some value that our Savior shared in our mess. Of course, he was without sin. Okay, let's be clear about that, but he shared in humanity and shared in our mess, and therefore, when we bow a knee, we share in his inheritance. Did you hear what you were singing this morning? Why should I gain from his reward? He won the game by himself. I just got to join along in the victory. So the author says, here's the incredible, so what? The incredible, so what, is we share in his inheritance because of what he has done as the perfect savior, the perfect founder of our salvation. He takes care of sanctifying us, making us more like him from beginning to end. He is the one that makes sure that we have right standing in God's holy presence, that we avoid the wrath to come when we are found in Christ. He is the perfect one to save us from death and the grave. He is the perfect one to sympathize with us as we go through life when it's difficult. Let me encourage you, Coastal Community Church, don't give up in your faith. Take, pay active, close attention to your salvation. Make sure that you're following closely to Jesus Christ. And if you're here this morning and you're not yet following him, let me encourage you with this. You're missing the greatest gift to humanity, the salvation found only in God's Son, Jesus Christ. And let me encourage you, you don't have to miss it any longer. Make today the day, and we're going to get into this next week too, or in in two weeks, but we're going to get into this. Today is the day of salvation. You don't have to go another day alone. Follow closely the special one sent from God, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's close with prayer. If you're here this morning, make this the day. Make this the day. It's a simple prayer. It's got big implications, but it's a simple prayer. And the prayer goes like this. If you're not yet following Christ, it goes like this. God, it's best to understand it. I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I've been doing things my own way. And today I turn from that. I trusted Jesus Christ, the unique one, the special one sent from you as my Savior. 
And as best I understand it today, I'm going to follow closely by Jesus Christ and gain in his inheritance. Thank you for that opportunity. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.